0: hey karen
1: hi there how are you desmond
0: good how are you
1: oh, pretty good for a thursday
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> the countdown down is on let me tell you
0: <laughs> oh i believe i can tell by the sound of your voice <laughs>
1: no it's been a good day it's been a really good day <laughs>
0: I'm glad to hear that. As long as you're in good spirits, your health is good, that's what matters.
1: That's right. That's exactly what, what it is, so I'm very blessed. Thank you. How about you? How's your day?
0: Good. I just literally finished eating dinner, so...
1: Oh, you're way ahead of me. I just have some baked chicken in the oven, so I'll be tearing into that after we finish.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny so before we start Karen I just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation to come on the podcast I really appreciate it and welcome to the desert experience oh
1: I'm loving it already thank you for having me
0: <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome make sure you have some rice and some veggies with that baked chicken though
1: oh I well I don't have rice but I do have veggies I have uh, some asparagus and um some early peas
0: Hey, that works, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: who's waiting for me? Well, good. Um, so, we, anything I should know before we get started?
0: Um, I'm just going to get right into it with the series of questions I have for you. So, whenever you're ready, we can start. Okay. All righty. Let's go. All righty. So, first question. Uh, let's talk about your life story from the beginning, from your childhood all the way up to now.
1: Oh wow, that's gonna take uh, about a million years, but let me see if I can condense it. So I am a true Georgia peach, uh, born and bred in um, the state of Georgia, Um, went to uh, the University of Georgia undergrad and um, Florida State University graduate school. Uh, I will say the one thing about me is that I, have never been kind of that typical person. I I, I have a variety of interests. Uh, love being spontaneous. So, uh, anywho, I when it came on the professional level, uh, I knew that I really wanted to work in business. But I I love people, so it ended up being on the you know I always say starting out on the people side of business. So I I started my career uh, providing HR consulting for the Small Business Administration. I was actually an employee of them and we service small businesses who didn't have an HR department and then grew my career up through my last major corporate role was being um, an executive in both human resources and in the high potential leadership development at um, the Microsoft Corporation. So I've been uh enjoyed local roles, uh statewide roles, and global roles.
0: That's awesome. So you definitely got your hand in a variety of different things. So
1: A variety, yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, would you say you had a great childhood or do you feel like it was like so-so?
1: Oh, I had a fantastic childhood. Let me just put that out there. Um, I will it, uh, say that I was—I'm um, an African American professional. For those who, you know, of course, can't see us on the podcast, but um, but I was adopted by the most fantastic parents alive, and this was back before adopted babies of color was cool. Uh, so I had an absolutely fantastic uh, childhood. Was Uh, my parents are very uh, well known in the community and very well respected. And um, so I always love to say that my parents were kind of big fish in a small pond, if you will. And, um, you know, never wanted for a thing. I just had to focus on education. Um, Both sides of my family were very, very tight knit and they were proud that they came from a family of farmers to, all have graduated uh, from college. They were the first generations that had graduated from college and had made successful careers afterwards. So I was part of the second generation in our family uh, to go to college and, and work to be successful in the world. And, um, and yeah, it was, I just had an absolutely fantastic childhood.
0: That's awesome. I can, I can hear the Black girl magic vibing out of you right now.
1: Yes, yes. Loving it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So your next topic is, what are some critical success factors of the world's most successful leaders?
1: That's right. That's right. Well, let me give your audiences a little bit of context. Uh, So after I led the global um, leadership program for Microsoft, I really wanted to hang my own shingle, as so many people did, and started my own firm. And about two years into uh, establishing SDL, uh, I, I and my team commissioned a research study to try to understand what did the most successful leaders around the globe do that 95 percent of the population didn't. you know what made them so successful in their efforts when others, so many others are striving and aren't able to reach you know the level of success that they wanted to? And so long story short, we interviewed over 10,000 uh, what they call in corporate America, uh, they have a lot of terms, but high potential, Uh, star performers, key talent, you know, you pick your term or your label. But we interviewed 10,000 of um, individuals who were deemed the most successful and the most impressive in their organizations. And so out of that data came a long laundry list of tactics and behaviors that they exhibited that made them successful. But what was interesting is that there was a Um, clear line of demarcation between the top seven and the rest of the list which was over 100 and what was interesting about the top seven tactics was that they were universal no matter your industry or role and so because of that that's when I decided hey let me write you know a book and share the results of the research so that if people really wanted to focus on being stronger leaders, they could you know, really focus on these top seven and know that they're making real progress because this is research-based. So um, let me stop there for a second, and see if you have questions. And if you don't, I can run through them very quickly.
0: Keep going. This is all about you.
1: <laughs> no, it's all about all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this episode's all about you, man. <laughs>
1: Well, I want to make sure I provide some value to your listeners. So really quick. So for those who um, are interested, just to recapture, I'm just going to share with you, based on our research, what were the top seven leadership execution tactics that were most critical for the world's top performing leaders. The first one was what we call leading with intellectual horsepower. And intellectual horsepower is all about using your area of expertise to like spot trends and identify new areas of opportunities that others miss. So when you're able to you know, use your expertise. Say if you were an accountant, if you were able to use your expertise in accounting to uh, discover where the company is having financial challenges that you're working for and being able to raise that information to, you know, your executives, that is of huge value. And that is very um, well regarded and respected. The second tactic was all about leading with courageous agility and courageous agility is just about having the courage to take a stand for what you believe in, um, even if you're not sure what the end result is going to be. So it's all about um, doing what's right and what you think is right, you know, based on your knowledge and your perspective. And even if you don't know what other people are going to say or do, still stand up. Uh, for that and have that conversation. So that's leading with courageous agility. The third tactic that we discovered that was universal was successful leaders led with strategic decision-making. So of course, this is not brain surgery. Everybody knows what strategic decision-making is, but the way we define it is that they were able to either make good decisions themselves, or they were able to lead a good decision-making process with their team or their team members or whoever it is that they were working with. So being very thoughtful about um, bringing in and including all those that need to know to gain their buy-in and then using that information to make a good decision, that was a critical success factor. The fourth tactic uh, that top leaders did is they led with intrapreneurship. So um, most of the people that we interviewed were employees within organizations. So it wouldn't be entrepreneurship, it would be intrapreneurship. And it's, that is all about building the organization by identifying new opportunities to either develop or improve their employers' operations, products, or services. So basically, it was a way to help um, improve, you know, the core business Um of the at their employer that they're working in and bring new ideas to the table. Uh, the fifth uh, tactic that successful leaders um, exhibited was they really had a strong drive for results. They were very tenacious about getting to their end result and they weren't flustered if they had to pivot or course correct along the way. And of course, you can understand why that's important because every good leader is accountable for some good results in some way, shape or form. So that was it. Um, The sixth tactic that we discovered was um, great leaders led with executive presence. That's very common sense. We kind of know a great person who has executive presence when we see it, but we define it here as the ability to make really clear and convincing um, presentations in order to influence others to come along with what you're trying to convince them to do. And then the last tactic, number seven, was um, leading with stakeholder savvy. That's uh, all about really understanding the interpersonal dynamics of situations in the workplace that you're in and adjusting as needed you know so an example might be you might have uh your boss who is you know they're they're above you but they're very um introverted they don't like to talk um knowing that they have that sensitivity you know making sure that when you talk to them that they don't scare them away and being you know overly exuberant While you know there might be other people who just love to you know engage and talk with you and go to lunch and and uh, coffees, you know adjusting your style to kind of meet who you're talking to. So between intellectual horsepower, courageous agility, strategic decision making, entrepreneurship, a drive for results, executive presence, and stakeholder savvy, those were all of the key leadership tactics that. High-performing leaders exhibited, and those were the ones that contributed to their success at their company or in their industry.
0: See, where well, you hear it. There you have it, listeners. <laughs> this is the blueprint to being successful. You follow these steps, you'll be fine.
1: <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And every step is is just as important as the others. It's just that you might use them differently you know at different times so at some point you might have to have be courageous and tell people what they need to know about a situation while there are other times you just need to be focused on getting the job done so um, yeah if you um, focus on really increasing your acumen on these seven tactics then your chances for excelling at what you're trying to do increase tenfold literally
0: I totally believe it. It's all about just being consistent, being patient and just sticking to what you started out with while laying the proper groundwork.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So your next topic is why is it important for people and companies to separate themselves and how do they do it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing I just wanted to share with your audience is this is all about the topic of differentiation. Um, it's really important for leaders at any level to do their best in articulating how they are truly different or bringing A different type of value as compared to their peers or their competitors. And the reason being for that is because, you know, um, human attention spans are very short. Uh, We're getting hit with, you know, marketing and communication, all kind of messages left and right all the time. And only those who are able to stand out from the crowd will get enough attention for you to try to influence or lead someone to do what you'd like them to do so that is why i said that you know your ability to differentiate the value that you are trying to bring will be key to gaining um buy-in support and um getting people to listen more than the first five seconds
0: yeah because your your goal is trying to catch the attention of the person is trying to consume the information from you in the product you're trying to sell to them.
1: That's right. Exactly.
0: Definitely. Um, I feel like a lot of these companies these days, everybody's tries to copycat, try to do everything the next person did to be successful, but you don't know what the person did behind the scenes, what type of work they put in the hours and everything to get to where they are.
1: You're absolutely right. You're spot on with that. Um, and, and you're right they just they just don't know the the full story behind the scenes yeah uh, so that's why you know it's important to show up as your best self as it applies to what you're doing but um yeah you definitely need to make sure people understand what kind of value you're bringing to the table so that you can earn the right to be heard
0: exactly every now and then you gotta pull go behind the curtain to see what's really going on I know Exactly. <laughs> it's not always faith value all the time.
1: Not at all. Not at all.
0: So before we move to the next question, how is your relationship with your parents today?
1: Well, both of my parents are deceased, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but, um, but we had, you know, such a wonderful relationship. Um, I continue to honor them and thank them every day for what they've done. So, Uh, But unfortunately, they're not still here with us. I'm sorry, did I lose you?
0: Yes. Go ahead. Repeat yourself again. We lost connection.
1: Oh, okay. No, I was saying, unfortunately, uh, both of my parents are deceased now, but I do keep them in my mind and my heart every day.
0: All right, so I just want to say i um, sorry for your loss.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. They're both your guardian angels and they're definitely looking over you and I know they're very proud of the person you've become today.
1: I hope so. I'm working hard at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's an everyday process. Trust <laughs> That's <me>. right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yes>.
0: <laughs> so your next topic is how can you accelerate your career advancement and progression?
1: Yes. So that is a big meaty topic as well. Um, But I'll give a couple of tips for your listeners. Um, Career (laughs) career progression is really, to be honest with you, it's a sales job, an undercover sales job. Meaning you're going to have to be the mouthpiece and the salesperson that talks and champions for your career either you'll need to do it yourself and or you'll need to um, find strategic supporters who can help speak up for you when you're not in the room and so what i always um you know, coach my clients on who are, you know, looking to progress to the next step of their career is that you've got to do some basic things to set the stage um, to get yourself in the conversation for roles of bigger scope and responsibility. So, for example, um, if it's feasible, and it's not always feasible because there's always a lot of workplace dynamics going on, but if it's feasible, you should not only meet with your direct boss um, regularly. You should try to have regular conversations with your skip-level boss as well um, so that that person means the, the, your boss's boss when I say skip-level boss um, that because you need as many people as possible that know the contributions that you're bringing to the table. The other thing you should do is, if even if that's not feasible, is you should already have crafted three to four bullet points of your big successes for the past review period, whether it's six months, 12 months or, or whatever your company does, because you cannot count that people are going to say that, right the exact things that you would like to be known because the conversations around who progresses or gets promoted to the next step of their career usually happen behind closed doors at the executive level and you're not going to be there so you need to arm the people who are going to be there with the right bullet points so that they can advocate for you as a human resources executive and i've already i've been a, a chief human resources officer so at the top level for you know the HR side of business. Um, I am witness that if managers aren't or leaders aren't prepared to advocate for their employees when these promotion discussions are being discussed, then that employee loses out. And so, you, you know, I tell I encourage your listeners to take it upon themselves to own equipping their leadership and management chains with the information they need and or even if it's you don't want to go up through your chain somebody else who is a leader that you connect to and have made friends with make sure they also know some of the big accomplishments that you've done for that past year so that they too can advocate for you
0: it's all about being more assertive being more vocal even if you're a shy person sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone
1: Absolutely.
0: So at one point in your life, did you become comfortable in your own skin?
1: Well, it's a challenge. And so I'm I'm telling my age, but, you know, it really took me to being, I guess, when I turned 40, that that was the time that I, for whatever reason, just felt comfortable with me being me. So I um, I used to didn't because I've always tried to be a strong um, individual, very knowledgeable, very professional. I've always been promoted at a fast rate, um, but it wasn't until you know I was older that I felt comfortable in in sharing my story. You know, I went through um, my elementary, middle school, and high school years. I was you know, in the honors program, and I was one of the only people of color in the honors program in our whole county, and um, similar when I went to the University of Georgia, I um, was awarded a full ride there because of uh, my academics, but, you know, when you're with peers that haven't reached to those heights, you, you kind of feel unsure, you want to be part of the group, Um, And didn't want to show out or show boat. So I was very, you know, quiet to a lot of people about my educational accomplishments and even my professional accomplishments, because I just didn't want to brag. But, you know, it's something about when you turn 40, you're like, you know, forget it. I'm being me. You all need to either love or accept me or maybe we need to move on. So that was just my personal story to tell people, even if you were uncomfortable with something growing up or in your past, you can't overcome it and feel comfortable in your own skin.
0: Right. I I feel like there's nothing wrong with sharing your accomplishments. It's something to be proud about.
1: Yes, but I wish I could tell my younger self that I just didn't get it back then.
0: I understand you (laughs) like, did you feel like people will judge you? Did you feel like you were coming across as being cocky and conceited?
1: Absolutely. It, and it combined that with, like I said, my parents were very well known in our area. And so it was a combination of our family being very well known as well as, um, you know, being afforded things that, you know, a lot of people in my same situation weren't
0: got gotcha. you. It makes total sense. Hey, it's not your fault. You did you put the work in to get to where you are today. So
1: Yeah, I did, but I do have a huge passion for bringing others along. So, um because of that, I try I, my entire career, even when I first got into the workforce, I've always tried to be a peer friend or mentor others and then when I rose up through the executive ranks, always try to do the same and kind of pull others along, um, give people opportunities when others wouldn't. And so, you know, that's, that's one of the things I've been most proud of is to being able to, um, you know, to give
0: back to others as well. Yeah. Cause the more you do that, you're definitely changing people's lives and God's definitely send you more blessings your way.
1: Yeah. That's what, That's my experience anyway. That's just one person's experience, but that definitely works, has worked for me.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) So your next topic is what are blended and hybrid workforces and why are there workforce structures of both the present and future?
1: Oh yes. So remember I'm in, in the HR uh, function so a lot of my work is you know on the people side of business. Um, so we're very familiar with hybrid workforces. hybrid workforces reference um, where your base work of loca- location is uh, for work. So that's you know whether you're remote or if you're in office that's hybrid. But blended workforces is a mix of internal and external talent on a team. So internal are your employees and then external are your contractors or vendors that you may have brought in to um, you know help get work done. And you know today there has <clears throat> been we've been seeing trends over the last three years, even pre-pandemic, where more and more, Organizations are were considering hybrid um, workforce look uh, for their location for the uh, can't even talk tonight for their base location of their employees and more and more companies were con- hiring contractors or freelancers or vendors to help support the work. Mm-hmm. Why this is important is because you know typically managers are not used to managing um, both internal and external um, staff together. And in the US in particular, you know, with the uh, rules against, with the IRS around contractors and how you define them, you can get a lot of legal hot water. So what, what the challenge is right now is really teaching managers and leaders how to best manage When you have different people with different um, uh, locations that they're working from and in different classifications, whether they're employees or contractors, you know, having to manage all of them and still get the work done. So that's a big area of concern that um, we're seeing in the workplace right now.
0: Do you feel like that will change as time goes on?
1: I do, I do. Just similarly, when um, it's interesting, pre-pandemic, I have always been um, remote. I traveled a lot around the world, but I've always had a, well, other than two years, I had a a base location for working from home. So it was common to me. I didn't really see what the uproar was when we had the pandemic and people were trying to work from home. But now I understand there are a lot of businesses that weren't built to be able to do that. but similar to that, they had to snap and figure it out, right? Because if they didn't, they were going to go out of business. So I agree with you. As time goes on, more and more managers are going to figure out how to you know, manage hybrid workforces and how to also you know, manage more and more um, contractors and vendors um, that they bring in to do work. It'll become a lot more easy.
0: I feel like it's, um, with anything in life, it's like trial and error. Certain things may work, certain things may not work. It's all about trying different things.
1: That's true, because you don't know until you try it. And no one says you can't course correct if things don't go well. You know, we're very adaptable as human beings. So especially if you're, you know, an entrepreneur and trying to drive your business, you're going to be quick to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, so, you know, just something to think about. Hello. Yes, I'm here.
0: Okay, I think we lost connection again. Oh, okay. I'm
1: direct right. right wired in. That's weird, weird. Sorry about that.
0: No, it's okay. It happens. God love technology. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> we just keep it rolling. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Rolling with the punches. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> so, your next topic is: What are some of the dark sides of leadership that are rarely talked about?
1: Yes, so um, people think it's you know glorious to be a leader or an executive, and yes, there are a great many rewards with that. But some of the unspoken uh, dark sides are that it's extremely challenging um, on your mind, body, and soul. That's why a lot of leaders really focus on you know physical fitness and eating right um, because it, it is very taxing. Um, it is mentally challenging and draining, you know, when you're really leading at the top of your game and doing well, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of stress, um, that comes along with that. So many people are dependent upon you and there's so many decisions you're having to make and the implications are huge. It's, it's, just, it's, really challenging. And, um, to be honest with you, because it can be so challenging, uh, a lot of leaders, to be honest, um, you know, suffer with substance abuse, they suffer with uh, impacted relationships, and things like that. So one of the things my firm always tries to include, you know, in any kind of leadership development experience or initiative is at least time to set aside to reinforce how important, you know, your self-care is, your mental care is, and, you know, and to give yourself grace to know that, you know, it is challenging to be a leader. And sometimes you're going to have to take some downtime just for you just to, you know, get yourself back focused.
0: Definitely. Um, now, do you have a time in your life when this happened with you being a leader? Do you have like an example of going through a rough situation?
1: Yeah, well, well, one example is like I said. For most of my um, my roles, I travel the globe um, for companies. You know, going to our different locations, and it was really tough when I was younger and I had um, my my kids were very very young. Uh, you have that mommy guilt, you know, of leaving uh, for multiple days at a time. So it was, you know, very very stressful. To balance work and kind of climbing the corporate ladder with with family, but I will say I was very blessed to have um, you know good support structure with family members at home and everybody kind of chipped in when I was on the road, um, but that didn't reduce the stress or the guilt. So um, you know, it's something that you have to think about and work out and work it out. And one of the sacrifices I remember making. Um, when I was on the, you know, working on the West Coast and I here live in Atlanta on the East Coast, you know, I would make the sacrifice to take a red eye home so that I would be you know, home for, you know, when the kids went to school or to check in in the morning. You know, I didn't want to lose another whole day trying to travel in the air. But, you know, for that sacrifice, um, you know, that really, you know, worked. For, for me to have more time with the family.
0: The most important thing in your situation is you had a great support system to help you out as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. It would have been a lot more difficult without that them, and, but yes.
0: Definitely, because some people in that situation, it's just them and they got to do all the work and try to oh. balance the work personal life. That's not easy.
1: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So a bonus question, what are like some of your your hobbies you like to do? Cause you say you're into different things.
1: Oh, my hobbies are very varied. But um <laughs> one of the things about me, I, I grew up a tomboy, believe it or not. Um, and so I absolutely am a sports fanatic of All types, probably all types except for rugby and cricket. So I hope I'm not pissing anybody off there, but um, I'm that girl that's unusually knowledgeable about uh, sports. Uh, I'm also a movie fanatic, so I always dream about retiring one day and becoming a movie critic. And um, and then I'm also a a a foodie and and a wine connoisseur. So. Love to go to tasting events, um, love to host you know, intimate dinners with family and friends, things like that. So uh, I'm a gal that works hard and plays hard.
0: There you go. You got to be able to reap the roots of your labor. You got yeah. to.
1: Exactly, can't take it with you. So, just uh, celebrate with folks while you're here. <laughs>
0: exactly, God's like enjoy it now. Just go exactly. do what you want to do.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Don't waste another second. Come on now.
1: Not at all. Not at all.
0: <laughs> so, who are? Do you have like any like particular favorite sports team you like, or you just like sports in general?
1: I like sports in general, but I will say I'm ATL down. I'm ride or die, whether we're doing good or not doing good. Uh, It's like my Falcons aren't doing too good right now, but uh, we have high hopes for the Braves and the Hawks. And I'm a UGA grad, so we're doing pretty good right now, too.
0: Well, as a fellow Falcon fan, I understand your your pain right now. (laughs) I know,
1: (laughs) it's hard. (laughs) You're ride or die.
0: <laughs> but I appreciate your commitment to the team. So that's dope. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. It's hard. Everybody just how hard it is to be a Falcon fan, but we love it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, man. I get we want trade for nothing else, right?
1: I <laughs> know. Uh, Goodness, I'm excited for next year that we have all this cap money. Um, so let's see what we're gonna do.
0: Absolutely. Honestly, I don't know if Mariola is the answer to the quarterback. I think the backup is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, Mario is not the long term answer. And actually, I'm not fully sold on Ritter. He hasn't been fully tested yet, but yeah. they need to give him, I think they need to um, let him play in a couple of games here in this season so they know what they got and that they can be more informed going into the draft or, or you know looking at free agents. So just my two cents.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you because the way Mario is playing, he's going to be benched sooner than later. And I'm like, yo, well- get it together.
1: I know he tries he's just not there.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. So at this point in my pod I always turn over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want.
1: Oh my gosh, I did the same thing on my podcast. So I mm-hmm. I, I love that. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What is um, one fact that people generally don't know about you?
0: Oh, man. That's a new one. No one's ever asked me that question. <laughs> oh, man. Sheesh. You're going to make me think, girl. <laughs> think, think, think. I'm thinking. I'm putting my thinking cap on right now.
1: <laughs> I know there's something because you're very dynamic. So I know there's something that you're, that most people may not know about you. Something that mm. you might like to do or not like to do or.
0: I don't know, because I'm a pretty open person, so.
1: Yeah.
0: OK. Mm. Mm.
1: OK, well, if you can't think of that one, what is your favorite vacation spot?
0: Oh, man. Well, I definitely like going down to Atlantic City. Definitely.
1: Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I can
0: see that. Especially during the summertime. Because I love the beach. I'm a beach person. Are you? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be ideal during the summer. Nice weather
0: there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. So, the one thing I, I do like that most people don't know, I like to sit back and drink wine every now and then while watching a horror movie. Really? Is
1: it something about horror movies?
0: Now I just be chilling. Like for most people, horror movies, buying them to get scared. Not me. I'm just relaxed. Give me some, some uh, some pink moscato. And I'm good.
1: Really? Well, see, nah. I don't like horror movies. Believe it or not, Um uh, my daughter loves them, but uh, I don't. Uh, I'm a high action, um, high drama kind of gal, and I do like some documentaries too. Um. So I have, like, eclectic taste. (laughs)
0: There you go. Everybody has their their vices.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) Did you see on Wakanda Forever yet?
1: Yes, I did. Opening day.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I'm going to see it this weekend. So
1: Okay, well, I won't spoil it for you, but I will say it's well worth your money.
0: Oh, man. I heard a lot of people said it was a lot of tears shed, man. So (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: I was boohoo crying. So that's all I'll say.
0: It's all yeah. right. I'll bring some tissues with me. It's all yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. But was, our theater was packed. Um, not a seat available. Um, so hopefully I had a good weekend.
0: Definitely. I feel like that Rihanna song is perfect. It fits the movie perfectly. It perfect. does.
1: It does. It absolutely does. It absolutely does.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, that's the little known fact. People don't know about me. Okay. So now <laughs> <There> they are. <laughs> and I was born on Halloween, so I love anything horror. So
1: oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Well, I want to issue a challenge to all your future guests. Come up with a question that you hadn't had before.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That's to the first one because most of the questions that I've been asked are you been asked before, but you you stomped me on that one.
1: Oh well, that's because I'm leading at the top of my game. Wink, wink.
0: <laughs> there you go. I know. I know you well. <laughs> I study well. I studied good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So before we end the episode, do you have any last message you would like to leave with the listeners? Do you have anything coming up in the near future, like projects or anything at work, or are you working on a book and Would you like to share your social media handles as well?
1: Wow, that's a lot. So (laughs) what (laughs) I would say is, um, yes, for anyone who's interested in in what my firm does, um, you can go to shockinglydifferent.com. Hopefully that will help you remember it, shockinglydifferent.com. You'll see our whole um, host of services. If you're curious, um, I talked about those seven tactics. If you're curious about which tactics work best on you, uh, I actually have a free quiz. Um, you can go shock to JacquelineDifferent.com forward slash um, trigger, T-R-I-G-G-E-R. Um, it will let you know which of those leadership tagget- tactics is the tr- what triggers you to be convinced to follow others. So it's a, a really uh, fact, uh, science-based uh, but interesting uh, quiz for yourself. And so you can find me on almost any social media outlet except TikTok. Um, But I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, My name is spelled K-A-R-A-N. So that's what catches people a lot. Um, But I'm I'm there um, at Karen Rhodes on Twitter. um, At uh, my name spelled backwards, uh, N-A-R-A-K-1908 on IG. And yeah, you can find me in any of those places or make an appointment with me via the website and we can always chat and talk.
0: I'm definitely gonna have to check out that quiz, definitely.
1: Definitely do that. It's totally free and hopefully it'll give you some um insight on yourself as well.
0: Definitely. Cause I'm I'm like a sponge. I like to learn new things, especially from other people, especially about myself that I didn't know. So
1: Oh okay. well, you definitely gotta take it because this is a unique um quiz because not a lot of people uh, focus on leadership execution they focus on like leadership strategy and general leadership skills but this will give you a lot of insights on yourself so definitely check it out
0: oh definitely it will everybody run over and take the quiz now it's free now,
1: right now it's free
0: now now <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, it so much fun
0: <laughs> me too um Karen, I just want to say once again, thank you for accepting my invitation to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, no. Thank you for the invite. And um, it's been great chatting with you. And I hope your listeners got a nugget or two.
0: Absolutely. They got a lot of nuggets. Not from McDonald's either.
1: Yeah. I oh. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. oh, man. So I just wanted to, to have, enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy your baked chicken as well, and enjoy the rest of the weekend ahead, and happy early Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, thank you. Right back at you. You too.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Take care.
1: Thank you, too. Take care, too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.